नमस्ते एवरीवन वेलकम टू संगम टॉक्स फर्स्ट ऑफ ऑल थैंक यू सो मच फॉर जॉइनिंग ऑन अ मंडे इवनिंग वी हैव अ वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग सेशन लाइंड अप फॉर टुडे एंड द स्पीकर इज नन अदर देन रॉबर्ट रोजारियो जी ही इज अ सोशल सोशियो पॉलिटिकल एक्टिविस्ट एंड अ थिंकर स्पीकर एंड राइटर ही इज ऑल्सो अ पार्ट ऑफ द वर्किंग कमिटी ऑफ द ऑर्गेनाइजेशन कॉल्ड हिंदुस्तानी क्रिस्टन्स एंड टॉकिंग अबाउट today's title which is church and the politics of religion in south india uh, so this talk will lay thread bare um, everything about religious conversions and its fallout on indian politics indian civilization the church's involvement in the political narrative propaganda and international lobbying to corner india on international fora also the church being the vatican's directly controlled body in india is a danger to the unity integrity and the internal security of the nation so without any further ado i would uh, request robert ji to take over the floor so okay all that what you have narrated is because when we talk about uh, conversion religious conversion it is religion we think it's only religion and we never go out of the perspective of religion and think so what is wrong if someone changes the religion it is personal after all it is my personal belief i believe in this tomorrow i will believe in this after my belief in this is it that simple my question is that so religious conversion is not that simple because there is a politics attached to it it's not that uh, indian people are making politics or the the uh, the political parties are making politics the church itself is politics the very fundamental nature of church is politics it is a political organization biggest political organization on earth in the garb of religion so that point if you understand then the whole picture becomes very clear what we are saying today so it's a, it's not mere purely my belief you know my relation with god you know the church explains in that way it is their their strategy you know to explain to make it so simple that it is my relation with god i can talk to my god you know why others should bother no my god was fake god till yesterday today i have embraced the real god see all that but the real intention behind it is political the very inception of church is political the very birth of church is political the jesus christ never started the church now they call it a christianity what rather i would call it it is not christianity it is churchianity Christ never started Christianity. He he was a, a great great person, you no know, great social worker or a great human being, who practiced what he preached. What he preached in his lifetime, he practiced exactly. But the church is doing exactly the opposite thing. They never practice; they only preach. There are a lot of preachers we see in Christianity. A lot of uh, in the, there are world class preachers, there are uh, national level preachers, the state level preachers. But do you find any practitioner? No. there is no practitioner it's only and only preaching the religion is only about preaching when we talk about uh, you know simplify we say, make things very simple we simplify things in uh, india because there is a language problem also there is no exact term in uh, uh, english uh, for dharma so everything is made into religion so hindu they call it hindu religion so hindu is reduced to religion actually hindu is a dharma dharma is a much much bigger word dharma has evolved over years not years not even centuries over uh, millenniums over thousands of years it has evolved and a system perfect system has you no know, still there may be chance for making it perfect but as on today the perfect system what we see is is dharma so a religion cannot be compared with dharma a religion is started by one person or rather someone else started in his name 
in islam maybe there is a the person and the uh, the person who religion is same but in christianity jesus never started somebody else started in his name and they named it as christianity and in real sense it is christianity the whole purpose is political i said see you you need to rule the world entire world we have seen the colonial era era we ourselves indian uh, subcontinent we ourselves have been a victim of colonization uh, like many other countries on earth so how to control the entire world from one one epicenter sitting in one corner of the world you have you need to control the entire world and it is not possible with military or police so in the absence of military and police how do you control the entire world politics it is religion so the tool used is sunday after sunday you call the people in the garb of religion and brainwash them brainwash them brainwash them so sunday you brainwash them throughout the week they will be in that hangover by saturday if it when it that indoctrination goes down again you recharge on sunday so through this process control the entire world this is religion when you understand this and in the backdrop of this in the light of this what i said uh, you look at conversion then the picture becomes very clear why there are conversions obviously i said the goal is political so achieve this political goal you need members so christianity or uh, you know the conversion is nothing but membership drive so to put it in very simple words uh, we know uh, there is membership drive of congress there is membership drive of bjp there is membership drive of any other party just like that there is membership drive of church and it is called religious conversion so to make it more simple i'll tell you a, a child born to a christian parent father is christian mother is christian everybody at home is christian a child is new child is born does it become christian by birth no it doesn't become christian by birth it needs to be christian the very word christian is no it is synonymous with naming ceremony we have actually you know for naming we are calling it christian it is not naming ceremony it coincides so when a child is about 30 days or 40 days or maybe between 30 to 50 days you name it along with that you baptize it so that the moment a child is baptized it becomes christian so that means by birth nobody is a christian so it is admitted so what is baptism baptism is nothing but admitting the child into the party the so called political party of christianity and that is called uh, you know uh, then it becomes a member the very child becomes a member of church and that is called uh, henceforth the child is a christian so if the child suppose if the child dies before that uh, baptism it is uh, for us what they taught in the church is it doesn't go to heaven because there is original sin a child is born with original sin and only in baptism that original sin is wiped away the child becomes pure and very pure when baptism is given till then the original sin is there so a newborn child also doesn't go to heaven because there is original sin so with this you know indoctrination the members are made so just like a christian parent child becoming christian adults are also admitted i said 30 days old child becomes uh, is admitted into christianity through baptism similarly when the parents are not christian not christian they are hindus or someone else someone wants to or someone the church wants someone to induct so it is called baptism again so adult baptism at the at the age of at, at any age they can baptize you know mother teresa you can see at the you know just before the 5 minutes of the death i baptized mother teresa herself says there are videos 
and he went to heaven. But throughout life, he was not in Christ. He just hung, uh, he just embraced Christ. Within five minutes, he died and he went to heaven. So it's a, a ticket to heaven also. So Christianity is, you know, the indoctrination is it's a ticket to heaven, baptism, and thereby you become a member. The, in the real worldly sense, it is a political membership. You become a, what we say, a member of a political party, which is controlled by higher-ups, wherein you have no absolutely rights. You have no rights there. You have only duties and duties. Your duties, pray, pay and obey. These are the major duties of a Christian. You have to pray when the priest is. And what you have to pray? You can't pray as you want. You can't pray as you like. You can't tell the prayer that you need to pray. The church has given a prayer. There is a standard prayer. You have to pray only that. Of course, there are the personal prayers are allowed in between, small, small. But the major prayer is what is given by the church. And church strictly controls that prayer. So without the imprimatur, there is something called a you know, licensing agency called imprimatur. When the prayer is doesn't have imprimatur, that prayer is invalid. Even God doesn't listen to that prayer because there is no imprimatur. Imprimatur. Who issues the imprimatur? The bishop of the region issues the imprimatur. So only that prayer is standard. So our job is to pray through that prayer and pay. Whenever the church asks us to pay, you pay. After paying, you have no right to ask. There is absolutely no right. Now the church, you know, you might have heard a lot of, uh, you know, hue and cry. There is no dissent, right to dissent. No, uh, government is not, uh, you know, allowing us to talk. But within church, absolutely there is no right at all. Okay. They want, you know, right, right to dissent from the government. But within church, uh, there is absolutely no right to dissent. Neither there is any right when I pay I don't even have the right to ask for the accounts. So what happened to my money? I cannot ask. The moment the, the money changes hands, it goes from my hand to the church. My job is over. Then church controls. I can't ask anything. What they do with the money, it's up to them. And they give account to the God. So that system is also there. They take money from me and give account to God. It's just like you're taking loan from Peter and uh, paying back to Paul. Or maybe you are taking loan from Kendra Bank and uh, giving uh, answer to syndicate, uh, uh, state bank, you know, just like that, something like that. So money they are not taking from God, money they are taking from people and account they are giving to God. So this indoctrination is done. Then obey. So first thing is you pray, then pay, then obey. Obey what? Whatever the command comes from the top, you have to obey. So where does the command come from? It comes from Vatican. It's a one epicenter to the entire globe. From Vatican, the command comes through the bishop to the padre. From the padre, it is delivered to the people. And so that command you have to obey. So these are the duties of a Christian. So when entire world, entire world population becomes Christians, so, so very simple now how to control because they have to pray, they have to pay and they have to obey. So you don't require any military, neither do you require any police to control them. And day after, um, no, I mean, Sunday after Sunday, you need to brainwash them. So that uh, if you have enough number of priests, padre and uh, evangelists, uh, the, or semi-padres or nuns, that's enough. Your job is done. This is the whole idea of religion. Now, in this backdrop, when you see this, uh, you know, this political, uh, you know, talk today of... Uh, religious conversion, you get an idea. So what I am saying, what is happening on the, on the ground, on the ground means the political ground. So in the entire South India, 
the today's topic is south india so what the church has done so the for the past 50 60 years if you see the church has percolated to every institutions in this country and more particularly in south india particularly to to be very specific in tamil nadu i can very categorically say today the entire politics of politics of tamil nadu is in the hands of the church the ruling party belongs to the church i mean the handmaid of the church the opposition party is also handmaid of the church so to that extent church controls because both these parties are a product of dravidian movement the so called dravidian movement which uh, started uh, few decades ago and this dravidian movement the very brain behind this dravidian movement was, was the church you know it was anti brahmin movement because that is again a strategy to divide the hindu community you you know you demean the brahmins and you you know praise the lower caste you are great people the these people have always held you in uh, low esteem so we will liberate you the church will liberate you so through this indoctrination they started this anti brahmin movement there was a dravidian movement it succeeded to such an extent the entire political scenario of tamil nadu is, is in the hands of hands of uh, church the ruling bmk is the handmaid of church the opposition party is also a BMK, uh, dravidian party see to that extent you can control politics no other party has the advantage of having both ruling as well as opposition but the church has that advantage see the beauty of it so this is the danger i am talking about and other states also the tamil nadu is very specific very very clearly uh, you know the result is very clearly visible when you come to andhra and uh, kerala karnataka uh, uh, orissa part of orissa so this entire south belt you know similar strategy is working for many years and it has paid good dividend it's paid good results the andhra is also you know is very much uh, christian as of today if there are no you know direct christian there are crypto christians again that facility is there if you want to practice christianity but you know you don't want to lose the government facilities uh, then okay you can practice christianity and uh, you can be on the on the record you can be a hindu Now that advantage is there so so this crypto christian figure nowhere comes in the survey you know today you might have heard the bishop is talking about how bishop is talking about we are only 2% we never grow the reason is this because the moment they they openly declare they are christians they lose all the government facilities you know there are reservations uh, as per as per the caste and the uh, caste uh, and uh, yeah caste lines those reservations they are likely to lose so they they don't want to lose that so there is a provision you practice christianity but be a hindu on the record so that percentage if you count it must be very very high it's not surprising even if it is 10% or even higher than that so it's it's uh, it's not just 2% and what the church believes is even when the when when the population is 2% it can control the entire narrative that they have practiced in other countries successfully and here also they are practicing it very effectively the very micro minority in christians is clergy and among them very micro minority is the bishops and these bishops control the entire narrative entire political narrative of this country they control and our political parties are just the players when there are we see many players and many parties playing in a team playing in a sport but who is setting the rules of the game it is a church is setting the rules of the game and these parties are only only the players they are not able to change the rules of the game the rules are uh, and these rules of the game in politics are called political narrative and 
political narrative is completely controlled by the church. Even the fake narrative, the fake narrative spread now, you know, a lot of fake narratives. I don't want to diverge into fake narrative now. No, that is part of political, you know, to make it a political narrative in a, in a change the direction which they want. Change the course of uh, change the course of political dialogue in such a way that they create such fake narrative. And the, all political parties fall after it. You know, ruling party, opposition party, and the direction goes in that way. That's exactly what the church wants. And they have achieved everything through this. So look at things in this perspective, in this uh, anti-conversion law, to make it very clear. Now, see this anti-conversion bill that's coming up in Karnataka. The Catholic bishops have, you know, started uh, addressing press conference opposing it. When there was talk about conversions, you know, some, some groups are, you know, that Guli Hatti Shekhar started the debate in assembly, Vidhan Sabha. Then the entire focus was on those groups who are actually on the ground into conversions. What did the Catholic uh, uh, clergy, Catholic bishops say? We are not doing conversion. We are not doing it. Somebody else is doing it. All right. If you are not doing it in conversion, then why you are bothered about this bill at all? This bill is against conversions. When the Catholic Church is not into conversions, why should they bother at all? It's not their business. But they are the first ones and the, they are the only ones talking. Those, you know, the so-called groups, you know, outside this Catholic uh, world, which are not in our control, they are doing it. Then why you are uh, batting for them? That's my simple question. See, there's a simple logic. I am not into theft. I am not a chore. I am not into theft. The government wants to build, bring a strong bill against uh, theft. Then why I should bother? Correct? No. If, if I have, I am gaining something from directly or indirectly through chori, then only I should be bothering about any law about it. Otherwise, why should I bother? Okay. No, they are talking about now that law will be misused. That's another, uh, you know, fake narrative. So every law is misused for that purpose. Every law that is made in this country or for that matter, anywhere in the, in the world, any law is likely to be misused. So does it mean that it should not make laws at all? So there are law against uh, theft, there is law against uh, robbery, there is law against rape, there is law against murder. So even that law is likely to be misused. And often we see they are being misused. So does it mean that you scrap all the laws? So misuse is not the answer for not bringing in the law. So legislation should be brought in, but there should be uh, some safeguards. But I have my own reservations about this, you know, what the Karnataka government is proposing, the legislation. Because I see very specifically, I can tell you, I see the very problem, the very fundamental problem is in the constitution. So what does the constitution say? There is article 25 of the constitution which very clearly says the freedom of religion, freedom to practice, propagate and, uh, you know, all sorts of uh, conversion is possible in that. Propagation is there. So when there is a, you know, it's a given as a right to propagate, then I don't know how any bill can override that right unless you change that article. That's my, you know, understanding uh, being a student of law. Government may say we have no majority to change the constitution. But uh, this bill, I don't know whether it will turn out to be a two plus one or it may be just a, you know, a political gimmick. I don't know. The real problem is in the constitution, which Article 25 is not required at all. Because this country, this land, this uh, civilization has given enough 
right to uh, right to people for ages that to practice their personal freedom is uh, you know very very high compared to any any other place in the world indian uh, people have enjoyed maximum liberty it may be it may be religion it may be anything the personal liberty is very high here so that very article was not required at all even if somebody wants to change the belief system who is going to stop it why it was introduced in the first place at all in the constitution i find again again a very manipulation there again i see a hand of the church there in putting that article in the constitution it has succeeded to that extent so just imagine it's not a small thing you know church has managed to put something in the constitution at the constitution at, at that level at that stage in in the year 47 so it shows its strength now that's why they are, they are talking about see on one hand the bishop says we are not in the conversion at the same breath in the same sentence then second part of the sentence says article 25 guarantees us so when we are not into conversion business why do you need the right and why do you need the constitution at all he knows there is a strong point in the constitution which is favoring him he doesn't want to lose that but but to make the people to specify the people is we are not into conversion but the constitution gives us a guarantee so it's a very you know contradicting so he should make very clear himself either he is is supporting conversion or no if he is supporting conversion then okay he can say so uh, constitution guarantees there is a uh, constitution given is the right let him make it categorically yes we are converting let him have that courage why this you know duplicity this is my very obvious question to him then again he says you know this uh, fake narratives uh, christian the rise on uh, christian the attack the rise on attack on christian will increase that's another fake narrative the very, very challenge to archbishop peter machado is give me a single example of attack on christians forget about rising when when the cases rise when there are already existing when there i i find there is not even a single case now there was uh, i have thrown an open challenge in social media for the past 6 uh, 7 years give me one single example of persecution of christians by hindus in this country i gave the time limit of 70 years you can extend it to 700 years also give me one example single example nobody could give me they talk about numbers you know so many attacks on christians so many persecution so many so many so many but give me one example concrete example with all details so that i can go and verify the truth behind it i need to check the witnesses that don't not giving because there is no no persecution it may be surprising to you entire media talks about persecution but i am challenging and nobody is coming forth to give me a one example of persecution of christians by hindus in this country so what does it suggest entire thing is fake narrative so the very attack on christians is fake narrative now again rise in the rising in the number of attacks is also a fake narrative so through this fake narrative it want to control the entire polity and this is how it it is responding to the conversion bill so now the burden comes on we we the people of this country the people of this state and uh, the real you know the uh, right thinking people need to talk about this we need to ask questions no we can't uh, you know put everything on the political parties they do anything for political you know gimmicks uh, they might you know it's after all their aim is votes who will vote us in the next election 
So all these bills are with an eye on the votes. So we, the real sensible people, should be you know thinking seriously about it and put uh, put the track you know uh, this narrative, put the narrative on right track, you know from the deviations that responsibility on us. So I believe so through this Sangam talks, people start speaking in the right direction and talk against Article 25. Forget about this, you know, anti-conversion bill. Our question should be why there is an Article 25 in the Constitution at all. This country never opposed anybody, any right. Then why the hell you want to, you know, promote something through an, you know, constitutional provision? That article is not required. You know, there are many other articles. Today, I am specifically talking about Article 25 because it is directly you know, connected with religious conversion. So, okay, those who want to convert, let them convert, no problem. Remove that article. Let it not be an, you know, my fundamental right to convert others. So again, one, one thing I want to say here. See, see, the, see the funny thing in the Constitution. Article 19 and Article 21 talks about personal freedom. It guarantees us the personal freedom. And Article 25 guarantees religious freedom. Now, what is religious? What is religion? I told in the earlier part itself, a Christian, being a Christian, I have absolutely no right. The moment I become, a, I am baptized and become a Christian member of the church, I lose all my fundamental rights. My job is only to pay, pray and obey. That's all. So this Article 25 gives the right to the church to take away my fundamental rights. See the beauty here. At one stage, Constitution says I have all rights, but at the other side, it gives right to the church to take away my rights by conversion. Once I am converted, I have no fundamental rights. I have no right to right to speak. I have no right to you know express uh, my mind. Uh, I have no right to dissent. I have no right to ask for the accounts from the church. So these my fundamental rights are gone. And, and see the beauty in the in the very rule book, see the audacity, the very rule book made by the church. The bishop is making the rule book, uh, you know, it's binding on all the church members. Very categorical says there are elected bodies in the church committees, you know, for, for the sake of, you know, for I watch they have elected committees in the church. The padre is the head of it, padre is the president. There are elected bodies. The rights, the so-called rights of the elected bodies are very beautiful. You need to read these rules. Now, what does it say? Any elected member. Now, after all, getting elected again, there are you know, so many conditions, he should be very obedient to church. Okay, even if, even if he gets elected, after getting elected, if he sees some theft in the church, some theft by Padre, if he gives a police complaint, his membership goes away. See the beauty. He sees the theft, he gives a police complaint, his membership goes away. Now, you may say it is done to, you know, to discourage, you know, going to police and, you know, for amicable settlement that uh, provision may be there, if you say. What the next provision says, if the Padre gives a complaint against the church member, then what happens? Does the Padre, padre lose the membership? No. This person loses the membership. So, Padre can go to the police station and complain against me. I lose the membership. When I give a complaint against the Padre to the police station, again I lose the membership. Such provisions are there in writing. And we are talking about democracy. We are talking about right to dissent. No, not we. The church is talking about. And the very church who is trampling upon my fundamental rights. You know, you know this contradiction they are living with and our the so-called media, you know, secular media is, uh, you know, I don't know where it is sleeping and uh, why their eyes are closed. 
you know, I this this fact, this rules, uh, this thing I have told earlier in the public. It's not that I'm talking for the first time. The media is not interested in picking this. How can the church make such rules which are against my fundamental rights? If I give a police complaint on theft, my membership goes. It's very ridiculous. It goes against Article 21. It goes against Article 19. But church has that right. Now, now tell me, tell me whether the constitution maker had no idea about religion or they were under some pressure to introduce this. Uh, this is a question open to the public. I'm, you know, I'm not giving any opinion. I just you, I just want you to think over this. What made the constitution writers to put this article at all? Did they never knew anything about uh, religion or they were under some pressure? It's the obvious question. I think with this, I come to the conclusion. Let us let us answer when there are questions because you know the flow go glows as per the questions. Otherwise, I'll be talking on it's a vast subject. So channelizing to very small thing is you know it's not an easy job. I have a question. Like uh, there are separate churches, like. One person will not go to the other church, and other person will not go to this church. But how the Vatican is uh, controlling the entire uh, church? What's your question? There are so many groups. Yes, like uh, they they don't uh, have any differences between them. Like uh, they there are, are the, lot of one entity. There are a lot of differences to the extent that they they can cut each other's throat. To that extent, they have differences. But when it comes to attacking the Hindus, they join all, all join together. That's the beauty. Like how we can uh, uh, use this uh, as a tool, and the Hindu can uh, break them from inside. You um, can't you can't use this as a tool at all because the, the church actually, after all, the church, Catholic Church controls all that. Let us have difference among us, but we will fight the fight the Hindus. Why Christians, even Muslims also will join together. Christians, Muslims, you know, all join together and attack the Hindus. You know, Christians and Muslims never are never together in the world outside India. They're exactly like opposite poles. They never come together. But in India, they come together. See the beauty. This is their political strategy. Okay, I'm from Karnataka, basically. So, uh, yeah, I'm I I'm from Mysore side. Uh, I don't see much conversions here, but uh, uh, I see towards the coastal region, uh, and they're not radical as uh, compared to other regions no th there need not be conversions only see I, we are talking about only conversion there are enough number of apologies for the church that's more dangerous and there are urban nuxels that is even more dangerous even even i would say, say for some to some extent even direct conversion will be better than is apologies among hindus there are so many apologies talking for the church and there are urban nuxels extreme urban nuxels that's even more dangerous and that is that is rampant in mysore also Better mind it. Okay. And and my last question is like, why the people inside the church don't come out of this uh, indoctrination? It's not possible. No, that's what I told in the beginning. Because Sunday after Sunday, you are brainwashed. You are indoctrinated to such an extent that you can't come out of it in, in your lifetime. Forget simple people, even the highly qualified people. The highly qualified people. I am. I don't want to name here. You know, they are not able to come out of it. Forget about uh, very simple people or common people, highly educated. Okay, then the responsibility will be on the Hindus to uh, uh, educate them. Obviously, yeah, the majorities are the Hindus. 
and it is a question of survival of hindus so who should do it survey survival of hindus should do somebody somebody else should do that uh, their survival uh, i'm from andhra and uh, uh, i'm from the coastal area of andhra that, that is vishakhapatnam and bapatla and uh, we have a lot of conversions uh, happening around in the andhra including the uh, including the government encouraging these conversions and the churches as well and the funds being uh, misused for the churches and other uh, conversion prayer houses and such so my question to you sir uh, lately i've been seeing a lot of my friends as well whom uh, i i was thinking were hindus or uh, practicing or not practicing have been yeah, highly qualified and educational as well uh, let let them be doctors or engineers and any high posts so they've been converting into christianity as in uh, not not as per their religion as in uh, they want to remain hindus as per the names in the caste and in the religion but uh, their faith they say their spiritual and uh, their faith is only with the uh, with the christianity uh, so my questions were when i have debate with them and uh, arguments with them uh i couldn't in, find any concrete evidence uh, as per law to counter uh, them saying see either you follow christianity and convert or don't con- or just uh, follow one faith and uh, say you are a hindu if you are a hindu follow hinduism if you are a christian follow christianity so is there anything uh, as per law where i can uh, uh, show them a concrete evidence that see if you are converting the it's, it's best that you remain a christian or you remain a hindu as such there is there is no uh, law as such and i think that it is not possible also to make a law like that because uh, you know please remember one thing don't depend on laws you know, nothing happens by law laws are made just for you know our simple uh, you know simple uh, things not for uh, no, no major major problems of this country are never solved by laws i can give many many examples the major terrorism the major underworld problem was never solved by law it was solved by something else through uh, you know encounters or something like that which was never legal so when you talk about major this our constitution is not made for solving major problems it is it is uh, some of the rules are made only to make the life miserable of the common people so now coming out of this law you no know, the the what you can do is narrative see the narrative narrative and narrative the political narrative set by the church why don't you challenge it the big thing you can do is challenge their narrative and create your own narrative that that's that that's more powerful than the law forget about the law forget about legal action forget about sending them to jail you know make them irrelevant in the society the narrative has to be controlled or it should be taken away from them that's the job expected of you so how can this narrative be initiated when uh, as in see uh, if i'm uh, from place called bapat line majority of christians about 80% or so and uh, when when in small community including when they have political backups and uh, other uh, the police as well so uh, how can we initiate this narrative in uh, when there is suppression from uh, above uh, do you have any suggestions no no see now it's uh, the world is uh, moving by the more by the social media we are no more you know we are no more gulams of this uh, the so called controlled media earlier 
you know 10 years 20 years back uh, we had no tool we had to completely depend on the media and media was controlled completely controlled by the church from the top to bottom so the whatever narrative the media gave we had to accept there was no other way but uh, today the tool is in our hand uh, see my own example i was not visible 10 years back now i am visible i was talking 10 years back also but not visible today i am talking <laughs> i am talking i am visible so the social media makes it possible so i have been fighting i have been fighting these drugs for the past 25 years did you hear me any time before because the media never gave me the coverage no no space my you know the same strength and vigor same uh, you know force strength and vigor i have been fighting for a long time but now i am now i am visible so you also can make you know i am not saying to that extent what i have done in a small way you can start in a small questions you can ask so uh, you know when you become christian you lose your fundamental rights you know why do you agree to that you know okay your faith is okay you practice christian but why do you want to surrender yourself you no know, to some something like that you know you know which make them think sir i have a few set of questions but um, let me start with uh, what uh, you just said now in response to the previous question which is so it appears that you are saying that uh, going or uh, looking up to the law or for that matter as you pointed out constitution and some of its idiosyncrasies which have, which have crept in over there or which have been deliberately added over there there's no point bothering about some of those uh we the hindus have to basically take things in their hands and and go and be you know try to build a community or talk about things in social media and all and try to challenge that i want to understand how uh, a lot of this external funding of the churches and the support institutions in fact would you be kind enough to share some of this ecosystem uh, which is out there which actually assists helps supports uh, this whole narrative building which you're talking about and also uh, the conversion or whatever you want to call it on the ground would you be kind enough to just paint a broader picture like i i know there are a lot of educational institutes uh, which are funded and run by various uh, churches or or similar institutions but beyond that i don't think at least i understand the so his question was mainly about funding so okay one thing what the, the present central government as soon as it came to power in the year 2014 the first thing and the best thing they did was you know you know controlling these ngos you know foreign funded ngos in india which have been receiving a lot of money from abroad lot means really lot of money that they have been able to you know curb to a great extent but my you know saying always has been the money generated internally within india is not small it's a very huge money because church is the biggest land lord in india after government the urban land i am talking about i am not talking about agricultural village land urban the cities like bengaluru cities like mangaluru cities like mumbai you just imagine in mumbai you know one cent of land cost in crores one cent but church has acres and acres of land acres i am talking about not cents acres of land church is having right in the heart of the city in mumbai and mumbai land price are probably the costliest in the on the globe their church is having property and, and it is the same thing across india and the revenue is generated from that property from the institutions money is generated 
from uh, hospitals may have generated from schools it is generated from throw and whom they are accountable to none absolutely none not to the people not to the community not even to the government so government can do a lot here they do control the temples they do control the mats but they don't control the churches no then church monies i have pointed out a lot of cases where they have been misappropriation and you know to the tune of crores and crores of rupees not in lakhs or thousands in hundreds of crores the, certainly the government can and has to do something about this money this big money and at least the community should be benefited out of this money or if there is too much of extra money it can be used for the other public purposes also and this money is playing havoc in a real havoc that needs to be controlled so again to pressurize the government again we have to talk again the, our tool within our limit is to talk talk and talk because till it reaches the government why don't you control this you know ill gotten money of the church which is generated internally and how much money is generated i can give figures i have already given so uh, when you talk about internal money you are talking about the revenue generated because of all this land which uh, churches have am i correct yeah all not only land everything all institutions land money comes from and and even collection even collection of common people forget about land and institution sunday collections are not small you know don't think to be a very small amount a huge amount and who are they answerable to i pay to the church do i get that account no so my next question uh, is about what are the factors which led to such a remarkable success of uh christianity especially in southern india uh, i mean were there any any key factors which resulted in, in such a widespread success no if you see the world scenario if you see the world across what you say success is actually failure they have succeeded much much higher throughout the world except india the same amount of effort if they had put somewhere else outside india they would have they would have reaped to 10 times or 100 times more here here they have put a lot of effort but still uh, they have been able to achieve this because there is a you know effort of uh, decades and uh, you know a lot of money and uh, sweat they have spent and slowly this community this has changed and they are not doing it directly i told in the right in the beginning itself they are not directly coming in the garb of religion they you know they come through fake narratives they come through these apologies they come through these you know urban nurseries and they will brainwash you they said see that is best this is good education institutions are good christians are doing good you know service let us enjoy the service you need not convert so okay you start enjoying their services and without your knowledge it become you know turn out to be their gulams And this is what has happened. See, I told you the best example I gave Tamil Nadu. What happened in Tamil Nadu? Nobody realized what they started 50, 60 years ago. It is Dravidian movement. Where is church in that? No way. Dravidian. We Dravidas. We are, you know, we are for our honor. You know, this Brahmin class has suppressed us. We are fighting for our honor. So the church is nowhere around. You never knew church is the brain, exact brain behind it. Now you realize church is the brain behind it. You never knew. So it is Dravidian movement. The people have risen against the Brahmins. who was the key actor the church so these are the i told you they, they have mastered this art of uh, you know breaking societies they have thousands of years of experience how to make the societies break they have exactly used it so tamil nadu is a typical example if you can share a bit about hindustani christians um, and some of the success stories 
success stories in the same Hindustani Christian church, uh, people like me, you know what I am now. I mean, there are, I am not alone, what I want to say is, there are many like me who may not be vocal like me or may not be able to express like me. They have an idea, they know something is wrong, they are working on the ground, so may not come out openly because, you know, everybody can't, you know, be articulate as uh, one can be. So a, a, a substantial uh, number of people, we have come together to form this group called Hindustani Christians. Uh, we are into this. Uh, we are exactly doing <laughs> what we need to do, what I am talking now. And whenever the church, you know, does, does these all mischiefs, you know, we counter them. Now, see, this Archbishop is, uh, you know, once he said, uh, on behalf of people of Karnataka, I'm giving. I said, who the hell are you? The Hindus, through Hindustani Christians. We give the statement, you are not our representative, we have not elected you, neither we have appointed you, neither we have recommended your name to Vatican. You have come directly through Vatican. And how can you talk about Christians of Karnataka? This is what we said. Earlier, nobody was there to say this and, uh, you know, government thought, yes, he is the representative. I am asking, he is not our representative. Rather, he is the representative of Vatican because he is appointed by the Vatican. He may be a citizen of India. He may be born here. By birth, he may be a Karnataka. Or his uh, mother tongue is Konkani, but uh, studied in Kannada medium, Kannada, Kannadiga, just like me. And my mother tongue is Konkani. But doesn't mean that uh, by heart and soul he is Indian. His, his allegiance is to Vatican. His allegiance is not to Indian constitution. So he cannot speak for the Christians of Karnataka. So simple opposition. We did it from Hindustani Christians. Nice, sir. And sir, also if you can share your personal story with us. Personal stories, I have booked a few cases against Padre and Bishop on misappropriation, to be specifically, uh, you know, crores and uh, crores of rupees have been misappropriated, uh, five criminal cases, and some other cases are going on. There are also, you know, um, crimes of moral turpitude, sexual, sexual harassment, so all those complaints we have filed. And, you know, I said earlier, they have percolated every institution and so, so much so in the judiciary also. So in the, they are controlling the politics, they are controlling the judiciary also to a great extent. In the future, in within a few days, I will give specific examples how they are, you know, percolated to the judiciary. So I, yes, find, sir. I find difficulty there also. Yes, sir. So that's there. But uh, what I was trying to ask was how uh, how did you start with it? I mean, how did you trigger kaise you got to learn about uh, the entire, uh, this entire setup? of Christianity and the role of church since what age and I am a born Christian born by birth you don't become Christian at the, at the age of 30 days I became Christian so since then you know you know, practicing Christian I was the most active member in the church I have been member at every level as, as a child I have been altar boy as a youth I have been a member of the youth movement then uh, I, I have been a member of the church council then at the Warada Council, at the Diocese Level Council, I have seen almost every position in the church set up. So I worked at every level. It's not that I'm talking from outside. So just at uh, in the year 2009, I quit from all these posts. And you know, I said I should, I should talk openly from the open front. There also, then also I was talking when I was inside also, I was talking openly. But I tried all my, you know, uh, try to reform within. It is not possible when I am convinced after 15 years, right from the year 1994 to 2009, being the member of the, you know, the councils, the elected bodies, I tried to, you know, 
bring in so many changes, but never succeeded because the system is such. I realized you know, this system is not to be repaired. It is to be accepted. I, I refused to accept it. And I, you know, from 2000, I said, no, hell with you. I, I don't want to be in the committees. I'll talk, talk in the open. Let us see what you do. So since 2009, I have been you know, talking outside. Earlier, I was talking outside as well as inside. So, so inside story, I know. SN Bhargavaji is asking if you have written any book, uh, and you can if you can share about the same. Not yet. Maybe in the future I'll write. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so, so so far I have been you know fighting on the ground you know as a, in the battlefield as a soldier. So <laughs> writing a book is you know you confine yourself to four walls, I not confine myself to the four walls. I have been on the in the field you know taking on these monsters. How uh, uh, a Christian can become like you like think like you and what are the questions we can implant or uh, uh, make you like think like you and come out and just uh, uh, help the society no it's not easy to come out of the doc indoctrination i said i already said it's very difficult in the highly highly qualified people have failed to come out of the indoctrination though they are talking against the church in many ways but when it comes to indoctrination they fall fall into the trap now, I have many examples like that. So, it's a really tough job coming out of the indoctrination. However, uh, one can talk about their misdeeds that a lot of people are doing in India. We have uh, other organizations which are talking in the open. You know, earlier they, were, they weren't talking about all the misdeeds of the uh, church. There is something uh, like Association of Concerned Catholics, AOCC, which is there in Mumbai, which is there in Bengaluru, Mangaluru, Mysuru. Uh, Goa, everywhere. So that is, you know, talking very openly in, uh, about the land grabbing and the fund uh, misuse and all crimes of the church. So there are people who are talking, but uh, maybe to uh, some extent they are still, you know, under the influence of indoctrination as far as the religious indoctrination is concerned. And uh, like Hindus need uh, a training on this, like how to uh, ask questions specific questions and how to deal with them. I have a specific uh, uh, scenario where my relative is converted. So he's, uh, I think, I don't know, I have not talked to him, but I have talked to the relatives, but uh, I just want to take up this uh, uh, and have a discussion with him. Okay, try that. But you know, this again, I'm, you know, you are, you are talking to indoctrinated mind. So I don't know how far this reasoning works there. You know, if if the person was, you know, with reasoning, he wouldn't have fallen into the indoctrination at all. Or maybe by chance he has fallen into the indoctrination. Try try this logic, uh, you know, logical thinking. But, uh, you know, it's difficult in indoctrinated mind. But we have the responsibility, as you told me. Yeah, you. of course, of course, you have the responsibility. You have to do that. You have to attempt. I'm not saying that don't attempt. But attempt, but don't, you know, don't uh, take it as, you know, success is guaranteed. You, you may have to do a lot of, lot of work because, you know, the indoctrination part is really, it's a question of heaven and hell. It's not the question, it's not only a question of this life, it's a question of your next life. The hell is, uh, the hell is guaranteed or heaven is guaranteed. From that situation, how do you bring them out? I may be suffering a little in this life, doesn't matter. And the heaven is guaranteed in the next life. If it's like that, how will you convince him? No, there are, there are such challenges. So, is there any organization I can contact in Mysore? Uh, uh, you can 
आर्ग्यूमेंट्स in fact uh, the type of content which they are uh, which is easily accessible to them that content is uh, mostly left inclined or biased and it is again really tough to get them to read um, anything which would be i would which would work as an eye opener for them so do you have uh, any suggestion as to how apart from social media we can um, get the youth to know the reality or exactly this is this is what i say refer to be apologists you know they are the apologists for christianity they are not christians but they are apologists and they are more dangerous that's what i told in the beginning and there are extreme uh, cases called uh, urban nuxels so you are talking about the apologists the, any any person who has you know studied in these institutions come comes out with a spineless person he may be a highly qualified professional but without spine he he loses his you know very you know temperament to distinguish between right and wrong dharma and adharma uh, satya and uh, satya you know that senses he loses so this is the re- result of you know convent education so it's a really tough challenge rather i would say government can do a lot in uh, controlling these institutions you know they have given a free hand to the institutions you know their aid and their you know land green and all you know again we have to question and pursue at the government you know have a control over them because you have given them for education and what they produce they produce apologists or urban nuxels very true sir sir in fact that was about to be my follow up question that how can government actually interfere and control or monitor such institutions is there any provision in the constitution if they want to do they can do the provisions i can't talk to you openly it's not a thing to be spoken openly uh, rather uh, there are yes i said no if the administrator if the if the ruler wants he can do it if he wants it's a question of will i i can i can give number of suggestions of course not in the public platform there are ways and means provided they have the spine to do they have the will to do and they have the What do you say? Commitment. It's possible. 